It was the year of fire. The year of destruction. The year we took back what was ours. It was the year of rebirth. The year of great sadness. The year of pain. And the year of joy. It was a new age. It was the end of history. It was the year everything changed. The year is 2261. The show, the name of the pod. Episode 86, Endgame in which Sheridan brings the fight to Earth and Marcus does the most Marcus thing ever. Welcome back to The Name of the Pod, your Babylon 5 podcast where we talk about the enduring cultural legacy of the 1990s television show Babylon 5. Here at the end of all things, I am one of your hosts, Chris Tatro, and with me is my friend and co-host... John Cassie. Welcome to the end times, or the yes. end games. Yeah. We, are, we have reached the... The end of, or the, the second major end of the fourth season. Uh, we are we will get, reach the third end of the fourth season. This is starting to feel like Return of the King up in here. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've um, we 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 had an unanticipated denouement earlier in this season. It happens to men our age. It, precisely, um, unanticipated denouement. That's my next. Uh, <laughs> that's my next band name. Okay. Good. Good. Oh. Yes. Yes, there let's are, go in that there direction. Are, Facebook tells me that there are um, there are handy wipes that I can get. Ooh, good. Yeah, good. to uh, to deal with unanticipated denouement. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I no, does I, does this happen to you? Right. Do yeah, you have okay. what is it? Unanticipated uh, UD? denouement. Yeah. Do you exactly. have UD? Yeah. yeah um, none of this is usable. It's all good stuff. It's not usable. It's all good stuff. <laughs> um, so we're. We're most of the way through um, season four, and as mm-hmm. you know, Chris, as we were sort of talking in the pre-show, this episode, which actually has the name Endgame, mm-hmm. functions in some respects as the second end of the fourth season. Yeah, on our way to the third end of the fourth season, which will be, in some respects, the episode that we can view as the as the final. Right. Right. Now. Which- for all intents and purposes, could have been. That's right. Now, we consulted with the name of the pod community on Facebook, mm-hmm. and the half a dozen folks who weighed in were very clear that we should do Deconstruction of Falling Stars two episodes from now, not 25 episodes from now. So we're going to do Deconstruction mm-hmm. in two episodes. We've got Rising Star, and then we've got Deconstruction. Right. But for today, what we have is an episode that resolves the Earth part of our – it was the dawn of the third age of mankind equation. Yep. Yep. Okay, We've got the shadows sorted out. Mm-hmm. Now we've got Clark sorted out. We've got to deal with this whole Earth situation. Right, right. Yeah. And, 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 and we've been barreling towards it the last couple of episodes, yep. and now we are – now we are definitely here and and putting a putting a cap on this on this story arc, um, and and yeah, this episode you know it, it definitely it it did all the work that it needed to do. Yep. It it tied off all of those storylines. Um, you know, I I I had a couple of places where I you know thought that eh, it could have done this better, it could have done that better, but but you know when you see when you see the Agamemnon come shooting through a a, a 
bursting fireball. Yeah. You, know, you just have to like stand up and say, hell yeah. And yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the, that's what it's all about. It's right there. Yeah. In, in an episode like this, that's the kind of grace note you want the show to hit. Mm-hmm. You want it to give you that little bit of fan service for sitting yes. through uh, stuff that is uh, expository or that is kind of hard to watch. Not because yeah. it's bad, but because it's just hard. You right. know, I mean, th- this comes right after those kind of torture episodes, right? Yeah. So you know, let's yeah. give us let's give us some CGI, spend some money, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because how much did that? Did those two previous episodes cost? Not a whole right? heck of I mean, a lot. Not a lot. Yeah. 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 Um, so and we, we certainly get here. Yeah, we certainly get the bling. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this bling holds up to into the fires bling, which I think might have been to me a little bit more. A little bit more satisfactory because you like yeah. Earthships a lot. I do. This I like Earthships a great deal, but not mm-hmm. as much as you. Yeah. I like all of these kind of kooky alien ships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so getting all those first one ships in into the fire, right, is... That was, yeah. They they, they definitely have... You know, I can totally see the appeal of that. You know, yeah. And, and, and such a wide... A variety of different types and and kind of really strange you know what the heck is that kind of ships yeah, you know, exactly yeah. um yeah yeah and unless you can actually see the name on one of these these earth destroyers it's it, it's pretty hard to tell them apart they're just yeah kind of, you know stamped yeah. out yeah uh but uh but yeah this you know when you when you get a a capstone to an arc like this one, like into the fire. What, what I'm looking for from that kind of thing. And I think both of these delivered it pretty well is a sort of a, a rising, uh, an escalation of tension. Yes. And of, of just bang, bang, bang to, to kind of cap things off in, in this kind of genre. You know, there are other ways well, to do sure. it. There's for more, sure. you know, more cerebral kind of uh, slower paced, more dialogue based kinds of things. But, uh, but yeah, when when you're tying everything in together and and resolving things that have been out there for you know dozens of episodes in in some of the elements in this had been hanging out there since season one, right? Uh, right. Then then you you know you 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 want to sort of feel the feel the kind of rush uh, of of a one of these one of these end games one of these capstone episodes um for my money i think i think into the fire did it better but then it had longer to set up the shadow war right and and kind of play it out and i felt more like like jms was under the gun to wrap the season and not have anything you know i think if you'd given him maybe three or four more episodes to kind of play things out then it it could have been, you know, the 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 battle for Earth could have been, you know, stretched out a little more, um, and and frankly, the way that the way that Clark went out, I think, could have been played out, you know, stretched out and built on a little bit a little bit longer. Maybe I'm just used to these these prestige format shows where everything gets kind of drawn out as opposed to being 
you know compressed but but i would have i would have liked to see a little bit more of a subtle touch on clark's demise yeah um and and maybe kind of more of the the back and forth you know beyond the space battle okay great we 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 beat the you know the fleet well it's not like sheridan's going to bomb earth and he's still got all of his ground based all of his his ground based troops you know loyal to him you would assume so why does he fold so quickly uh that kind of bothered me and, and turning the defense grid on earth um sort of makes it very cut and dry oh yeah he is the villain everybody's going to realize that unless they believe that the whole story of the defense grid was was just made up they're gonna they're, they're gonna say oh he he turned the defense grid on earth well clearly he was insane you know sheridan is right so right you know it's it's almost too it's almost too neat well, yeah, th- this this goes back to our sense that JMS never uh, never one to choose the subtle when the mm-hmm. more uh, you know when the more straightforward right right on the point narrative mm-hmm. is available yeah. would would go in that direction. My my comparison of Into the Fire and Endgame. Might go something like this. It's a little different from the way that you approached it. Into the Fire felt like it should have gone on for three episodes. Mm-hmm. And Sheridan sort of tricked the Vorlons and the Shadows into this kind of philosophical endgame or end uh-huh. state, right, from which they promptly vanished in a puff of logic, mm-hmm. right? And that felt weirdly like you know, an unanticipated denouement, perhaps, mm-hmm. right? What do you mean it's over? Where's my, you know, where's my earth-shattering kaboom? Kaboom, right? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. and, and so it held together and it, it, it puts us in the direction that I think he meant us to go all along and it has integrity and it was directed correctly and da, 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 mm-hmm. but it still felt tonally a little off to me because I was expecting it to go on forever. Right. You, okay. do you mean tonally off in that it ended with this sort of, you know, logic conversation as opposed to ending in a, decisive battle of some kind yeah 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 and then ended in a philosophical battle on the bridge of his ship while the battle was going on kind of thing right Mm -hmm. i don't Mm -hmm. know it just it 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 was a little peculiar to me okay Uh whereas in endgame here this felt to me like south vietnam in 1975. Uh-huh. And this episode is the fall of Saigon. Okay. Okay, so in other words, we you know, Clark might still have resisted on on Earth itself. And what would Sheridan have done? I mean, to your point. Mm. 
you're welcome to try to come and, and take this planet square mile by square mile. Good luck. Uh-huh. And if you bombard this planet, you're you've, you've become the villain. You're you, right, <laughs> yeah. right. Um, now he either needs to not do two episodes that he already did to do what we just said, right? Right, or he needs two more two episodes more, and he wants to follow a denouement with a wrap up mm-hmm. and then a conclusion. Yes, right, which is what we get. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what sort of Rising Star is going to wrap this thing up, and then Deconstruction is going to be this kind of kind of epic swinging mm-hmm. for the big deep fences conclusion, right. right? Which will be dynamite, right? Big high concept stuff, high yeah. concept stuff, right? Yeah. And so what we get here in in this is the kind of death rattle of a regime that looked eternal or at least mm-hmm. stable. Five episodes ago. It wasn't so long ago that Sheridan's forces were even launched. Right. Right. And we're still in the same calendar year. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, Saigon looked stable, and then it looked decidedly unstable, and then it was under North Vietnamese control. As these things go, virtually overnight. Yeah, okay. these things they, they do have a tendency to to flip quickly when when there's not a lot of foundation underneath to to prop up right. whatever kind of regime is 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 in control. Right, and you know, as I as I've I think I've mentioned a few you know a few times, anytime one of these regimes collapse, it always ends up with some kind of uh, non charismatic caretaker to turn over the keys. Mm-hmm. Right, that. South Vietnam's, the government of South Vietnam that surrendered was not the one that lost Saigon, right? Hitler killed yeah. himself and Germany surrendered mm-hmm. through the agency of of his successor, mm-hmm. you know, and on and on, right? I think it would have been interesting, and I, I would have tried to write it this way because this is my kind of jam. And we've talked a million times about how this is just a me thing and no one else would care or even think it was <laughs> appropriate, right? But... I presume Clark had a vice president. Okay. Right. In in this sort of criminal regime. And when Sheridan's ally in the Senate took power, I would have wanted it to, to be clear that that person was taking power from a regime that was surrendering power. Uh-huh. Right. You see what I mean? Right. Like, Some sort of know, formal transfer. Yeah. And recognition that, okay, this is done. We're all going to jail for a very long time. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, but, yeah. you know, Vice President Jones, mm-hmm. your service to the Clark administration confirms to all of us that you were part of a criminal regime. You are arrested. Mm. Right. That, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. You don't, you only need 20 seconds to do it. But I, I, I would have done something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that would yeah, have made fair. this sort of hold together yeah. a little bit better uh, to me, um, mm-hmm. because I thought uh, for what it wants to accomplish, this episode did a dynamite job of of accomplishing it. Mm-hmm. But it's not without its problems. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, go. Yeah. No, w- I'm curious what you thought of the the direction 
of this episode. Um, this well, was this was the first directorial effort of uh, show producer John Copeland, who's really JMS's right hand person. Oh wow, huh? So, you know, I hadn't I hadn't thought about that because it didn't feel like it was directed with the kind of nuance that we get from, say, Janet Greek. Mm-hmm. Or that we've seen from, say, e. Tony Dow, who remember when we talked about him. Right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. if you look at the next two episodes coming, Tony Dow mm-hmm. and Stephen First. Stephen First, right. Okay. And this will mark Stephen First's second go. Mm-hmm. And we liked his direction a lot. Yeah. Right. So we'll have to see. I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was a little a little melodramatic, right? Mm-hmm. A not the kind of not the kind of sophistication that Janet Greek brings to her shot selection, the way that she mm-hmm. uses the camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I did not think it was bad, but I think right. I want someone who's really sophisticated in this. Yeah, you know that that was. Mostly my reaction as well. I, I I feel like you you really want to bring in someone off of your off of your 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 what's the sports word your top bench your your front your, bench your front bench okay yeah good. yeah uh, all right good one of those things uh, to to land one of these big episodes yeah um, and I, you know I I I, I I got. I wish I'd actually done some proper research for once in this in this show. Okay, and and done some reading on the production, uh, and you know why was it that Copeland was chosen for this? Um, you know why put somebody in the chair for their first time, their first yeah. time out. The the I gotta say the show regulars I thought did a great job in almost every scene that they were in. It was it was the you know the the uh, the NPCs, the extra characters, the the um, <laughs> yeah. you know the the uh, the officer in the bar in the bunker on Mars, um, Senator Crosby, um, at the end. The um, there were a couple of other little places where I just thought like, ooh, that that person really you know sounded right. like they were you know reading off a cue card that was in the middle to far distance and they really had to strain to make out the words. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that whole, that whole Mars thing felt, felt like a kind of an afterthought a little bit like, a. there was, there was a little bit of, is Christopher Guest directing this? You know, it felt a little like community theater a little bit. And uh, to, 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 to me, yeah. like, like these, it's your, I, I'm thinking about it because your point about regulars and NPCs, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The regulars were fine, but it just seemed a little Keystone Cops otherwise. It's like, what are we, what are we doing here? What, why is this not resonating for me? And there were a lot of, of kind of secondary characters in this one. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it, you know, the, the, the captain, um, gosh, what was his name? Um, Lafort? General Leftcourt? Left court, yes. Uh, you know, another one of of Sheridan's you know, teachers yes. back at the academy. Well, you know, we've done that story. We've done that that trope already. You know, right. maybe right. maybe this could have been his CO or something. 
But right. uh, you know, he was he was good. I think he was the best of the kind of guest stars of the episode. Um, yeah. But then in a couple of other places, it just it you know it was like well these people needed a little bit more needed a little more coaching needed just a couple more takes to kind of get some nat- more natural flow to their lines. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For, and especially especially for when sure. you're acting up against Jerry Doyle. If you don't have a natural flow, it really stands out. Yeah. You know, the whole, you know, my God, you're using these people as if they were weapons. Correct. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, you wonder if Janet Greek could have saved that. Right. Or if Tony Dow could have saved that. You know, not knowing, not knowing Mike the Vahar. actors yeah. in those, you know, in those roles and, and what they were capable of. You know, I, I I couldn't really say. Yeah, right, right. Um, but it it yeah, your community theater. Um, if if our friend Gail heard us saying this, she would you know murder us where we sit. Yeah. Um, so she does a lot of community theater. Yeah, that's so no, a bit snarky. No, yeah, no uh, no disrespect to people who actually do excellent jobs with community theater, but this felt like you know bad community theater, and we all yeah. know we've seen yeah. bad community theater. Yeah, I'm talking um, waiting waiting for Guffman. Right. Yeah. My high school production of Bye Bye Birdie. Right. Yeah. Correct. Morning Glory. It's the story of a lovely lady. Hmm. Now we'll move on. Who had who had Mrs. Howell and and uh, and 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 Reuben Kincaid, you know, on a bus. I would watch that. I would. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Wow. Anyway. Right. Um. Yeah. Uh, you know, as I was just reading that line off a cue card in the middle distance, <laughs> this is this is another thing that maybe we want to talk about. You know, we, we, we were mentioning before the show, well, this this has a lot of big like this episode has a lot of these these big action points, but not a lot of of kind of not a lot of stuff to, to sort of debate or try to unpack or right. or kind of juicy meat to, to dig right. into. But using the telepaths this way. Um, and, mm, yeah. and Stephen Franklin going along with it so easily. Yeah, that not, is... So he's, he's clearly troubled by it, but he's he's yeah. justified it to himself. Yeah, he's not so troubled that he isn't going to do it. Yeah. And, and it is a morally complicated decision, isn't it? Right. They are, right. They are unwilling soldiers mm-hmm. in... In this war, mm-hmm. are they people? Are they machines? Are they a missile? Are they a weapon? You know, yeah. You know, what is Does, your obligation to their humanity, John Sheridan? Right. right. Does using them in this way constitute a war crime? Right. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, in in much the same way, if we go back to the first second episode of Star Trek Discovery. You know where they put bombs on Klingon corpses and waited for those right. corpses to be teleported back in. It's like mm, that feels a little war crimey to me. Right. You know, uh, of course, Discovery never saw a war crime it didn't like to commit, but that's well, neither here nor there. Um, yeah. But yeah, that it it it. You know, I knew that they were going to be doing something with these telepaths, but this this definitely rubbed me the wrong way, morally. And I, and I can see that that Franklin had. <clears throat> a lot of the same objections, but knew that it had to be done. There's nothing he could do to help these people. Right. 
by by doing it this way, Sheridan saved the ships and their crew. He didn't have to destroy them to get mm-hmm. through the final defense line to Earth. So this starts to take on the character of sort of a Hiroshima Nagasaki kind of thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Kill a bunch of people to avoid far greater potential bloodshed. Mm. Um, Now... The you know the the challenge here is how do you how do you describe those telepaths? I don't think you can count them as soldiers. No. In which case they count as civilians, right? Because mm-hmm. there isn't an indeterminate class. You are a combatant or you're not, right? Yeah, they're they're not of their own mind enough to be able to make a conscious decision to right join the war on one side or the other right and so to have them rigged up as though they were machines mm-hmm. and sent as though they were a computer virus mm-hmm. if you will and then they accomplish their goal To what degree is that is that a moral crime? Mm. And to your point, it's not neutral. Yeah. Right? So it has yeah. to be it has to be adjudicated, it seems to me. Right? I think those right. families would have expected Sheridan to conduct the war soldier to soldier. Don't put my uh, my unlucky twenty three year old son into one mm. of your, you know, one of your uh, uh, you know ramming pods and turn mm-hmm. him into a weapon when right. when good medicine and cryogenics might have saved him. Mm-hmm. Now, did did the telepaths die? After I don't know. taking control of the ships, you know, I, you know, I, I didn't, I don't remember anything from the episode where they explicitly said they did. I, I think, think I'm extrapolating. They... Okay. From yeah. the last time we saw this, right? In, you know, in this show, it mm-hmm. looked like, you, you know, that you you couldn't really save them. Right, but they were able to put Bester's squeeze back on ice okay okay you know, disconnect her from the ship so maybe they're not dead yeah and maybe yeah. therefore it's sort of an instrumental kind of thing and once everyone surrenders you just Maybe's. extricate the tele the telepath from the ship put him back in cryo bob's your uncle yeah and does that make it more acceptable to use people as weapons Right, who don't really have the faculties to be able to, 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 to decide they're they're acting out their programming. Yeah. Well, I suppose if nothing happened to them, other than they're being used like that, 
If there was no money in the vault, can you really charge me with robbery? It's one of those questions, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, I wonder if it will be raised in the next episode where, uh, you know, EarthGov will decide what it's going to do with Sheridan. Yeah, I, I would kind of hope that it would, but I could also see this kind of thing being kept very hush-hush. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and an agreement among the Earth Force captains who had these things on their ships being like, look, if word about this gets out, people are really not going to like right. telepaths. And R- there right. could be violence. There could be some, you know, they're going to be even more scared of what they can do. Um, right. So I could see them keeping it on the QT, as we say. Right. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. But... I'm 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 uncertain. Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of these kind of ethical uh, dilemmas that I definitely don't have an answer for. Yeah, and I'm not equipped to make a decision about. And right. thankfully, I don't think I'll ever have to. <clears throat> right. Right, but I I don't think you could. I don't think you could conclude that you could classify those telepaths as soldiers and therefore anything you do with them as combatants is automatically in problematic Mm -hmm. and it's going to range from problematic to war crime Mm -hmm. depending on how you see it right right an interesting question perhaps to raise with the you know to raise with the community Mm -hmm. right i mean when, when i when I teach these kind of moral dilemmas, right? You've got you've got a number of great examples, you know, in in American history, right? I mean, the two that come to mind are the first one that we talked about, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, mm-hmm. right? The second that comes to mind is looking at the Civil War, eighteen sixty four. Grant is in command of Union forces, and he comes to the conclusion that the only way to defeat the, uh, you know, to defeat the rebellion is simply to sustain casualties at a rate beyond Lee's capacity to take them. Right. Right. Uh, well, it's, that's the entire, you know, operative theory behind World War One, essentially. It, it, uh, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Can, and, can we feed more young men into the meat grinder than you can? Can we last longer? Right, right. And, you know, this is all about industrial war, and we could spend mm-hmm. years talking about this, you know, in a separate thing. But you can put a person in the vantage point of, say, Lincoln or of Grant, mm-hmm. and you have an objective you have to accomplish. And the means that you have to accomplish it seem morally hard to defend right what do you do right and and that becomes to me you know an an intriguing an intriguing place to Mm -hmm. to work through you know some questions right Right. you know you could show this episode and say well look here's what sheridan did how would you classify these these assets Civilian or soldier, combatant or non-combatant. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and 
you know, we're not even touching on the implications of this on Franklin's Hippocratic Oath. Correct. Correct. Which, which uh, he appears to have broken. I would, I would say so. Right. Yeah. Do no harm. Hmm. Really? Good luck defending this in front of other doctors. Right. Seems That's to why me. I think they have to keep it hush hush. <laughs> right. Now, having said that, I think that the war crime of this show is Londos. This program, not this episode. Oh, I was going to say. I yeah, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. The mass driver wait. thing. Oh, I, yeah. He gets the gold. He gets the gold, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. We'll get the, the, maybe the Vorlons come in with a silver. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for there. You know, planet killers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll get, I, I think Marcus will get a, an honorable mention, at least in this episode. How so? For turning tail in the White Star and heading back to Babylon 5, you know, in the middle of the battle. Yeah. I mean, yeah, not dereliction. a war crime, but certainly, you know, certainly going to get him marched out in airlock. Yeah. If, yeah. Dereliction of duty, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, I, you know, and, and you know, in keeping with why JMS sort of handled Clark's departure the way that he did, I keep, I have to keep telling myself that space opera you know, <laughs> opera is a, is a key word that we're dealing with here. It's it's going to be it's going to be big. It's going to be melodramatic. It's going right. to be, you know, it, it's going to have these kinds of over the top um, uh, swings, and the romantic white knight, right? Uh, you know, discovering a way to save his his true love, sacrificing himself. You know, yeah, he's going to go for it. Um, yeah, it's almost but, expected, right? Right, but it but. He also, I mean, it didn't come down to a point where having one more ship would have made a difference. Right. But what if it had? Right. Right. It's, so. it's a worthy question to... Yeah. To give consideration to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is... Yeah. It, is not a, it is not a defensible position for him as a captain... But it's entirely in keeping with the way that you yeah. tell a space opera. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree with that. Yeah, a, a a a romance of the, you know, oldest tradition. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's uh, so. it it's it's got this kind of big storytelling quality to it. You know, you expect right. the violins. You know, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Um, yeah, all that sacrifice, and she doesn't come back next season. Ridiculous. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Some people just don't appreciate the things you do for love. Just as you say. Mm. Um, Go and kick a perfectly good kid out of a window and, you know, where does it get you? Hmm. Anyway. Can I... (laughs) (laughs) There's this great, great song from the late 1990s called Feel It. Okay, by a, a a dance artist called Tamperer. Okay, this is a song that John introduced me to early in our relationship. Okay, okay? Um, the line of of all time mm-hmm. in this is, "What's she gonna look like with a chimney on her?" 
Okay. <laughs> okay. So you push a kid out of an airlock. Uh-huh. What are you going to look like when the chimney falls on you? Yeah. That's what I want to know. Okay. Yeah. Right. This is this forces you to go out now <laughs> to put tamperers feel it in the show notes. Right. Uh, if you've never absolutely. heard this song, it's a it's a it's it's one of these classic late '90s club songs. You know uh-huh. that you know that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Not that I ever did that sort of thing. No. Not my jam. No. Right. Um, but things that are my jam are comparing uh, are, are comparing uh, one thing to things mm-hmm. that are not at all like them, oh, like excellent. apples yes. to avocados. So, <laughs> yeah. listeners, while we were talking about this, and we were like, I think we liked Into the Fire a little better as the end game mm-hmm. of this game. It occurred to me that another eh, moderately unsatisfying, I think <laughs> less satisfying than this endgame was the final episode of star trek voyager which was also called endgame endgame yeah Uh, which i'm not sure that i've seen i i feel like i might have turned it on just for the spectacle of it because i was not a voyager watcher yeah Um, you know and and i'm resisting all efforts on your part to to get me to do a watch through of it now that i've finished deep space nine I am putting no pressure on you at all. Uh-huh. I'm looking forward to your first thoughts on Caretaker Parts 1 and 2. Yeah, Voyager cast will be launching uh, in three weeks. Yeah. No. No. I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. I could I could probably do DS9, but if, I just... I'm, I, but I'm, I'm already starting Season 6. Yeah. Right? No, you just finished. Um, no, I can't I, I can't do DS9. No. If, if I'm, Five if years I'm jump- from now, I could do it. If I'm jumping off this Voyager cliff, I'm I'm dragging you with me. Oh, is my what God. I'm saying. I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, and but so anyway, we were thinking, yeah. look, so tell, other tell end about, games, right? Yeah, tell okay. me about Voyager's end. So I'm not going to tell you anything other than it was called oh. Endgame, and it was sort of moderately unsatisfying. Okay, great. Okay, uh, you know, Trek likes to way. do time travel when it really shouldn't, mm. and uh, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, you know, don't write me. Don't. I don't need any cards or letters. Um, At John Cassie on Twitter. I will kill you. Uh, <laughs> I thought, I thought, uh, what is it? Uh, All Good Things, the end of Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh-huh. Just fine. I wasn't like, really? oh, it's the best thing ever. Huh. No, yeah. just fine. Yeah. Um the worst, the the worst ending, not called Endgame of all time, is surely Enterprise, right? Which was that a was pretty bad. Which was a sort of third-rate Star Trek: The Next Generation episode put in at the end of of Enterprise. Well, I think that the biggest problem, well, other than Jonathan Frakes' uniform, uh, but the, the the biggest problem with that episode was that it sort of took this bizarre jump. It, in ahead of where the season had had been before that and yeah. resolved a bunch of stuff that it was just kind of crammed in because because you know much like Babylon 5 they well they didn't get another season right you know, so they were they were rushing to sort of close everything out right um, right and and the holodeck stuff or framework around it just was was a was was too cutesy it was too right. ranking right um so so there's that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
the episode end game of the X-Files. Right. Right. Uh, which was, from my memory, a very good one. I do. I think I watched that not too long ago. Yeah, it was um, great. I remember Mulder finding the sub frozen in the ice. That's right. That's right. I think it even starts off with, with Scully, like, wheeling him in. And like putting in the doctors are putting him into warm water and she comes in and she's like, no, put him in ice. And yeah, it's it's like, you know, it's one of these things that starts off like with everything's gone to hell. And then we get the flashback of, you know, three days earlier or something. Right. Um, Yeah, exactly. A strong mythology episode, but certainly not an end game. It was in the second season for crying out. It was the middle of the second season for pity's sake. Um, And as we all know about the X-Files master mythology narrative. The, the the last thing it is pointing towards is an endgame. Yeah. Right. Unless that endgame is going right up its... And yeah. now let's talk a little bit about... Well, the Cylons looked at X-Files and said, damn, you guys don't have a plan. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the Cylons were all on Oceanic... Uh, what? What was that flight uh, number? 8821? Eight, it, it wasn't 700, eight. was it? No. three three seven one. 731? No, that was an episode of X-Files. Um, oh, I can't remember what the... Oh, good grief. It was, it was some grief. of the numbers. Yeah. It was the punch it in every 815. minutes. Oceanic 815. 815. Um, yeah. Uh, of course, Avengers Endgame. Uh, yeah. You know, a uh, little polarizing. You weren't a huge yeah. fan. I was... That is... That's an accurate <laughs> statement. Yeah, yeah, as you, you said. You were not a huge fan. You know, they... they as you said about Voyager, they sometimes like to go places with time travel that they really shouldn't. Right. Um, I'm a stickler, as people who've listened to 85, 86 episodes of this show know, I'm a stickler for my time travel rules. Yes, you are. And if you lay out very clear time travel rules at the beginning of a movie, and then you break them, yes, I am going to be displeased with you. Yes. Yes. Um, I think it's the third best... Uh, mm-hmm. Of the Marvel Cinematic Universe films, oh, I wouldn't even put it that high up. Mm. I know, I know. You 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 liked it far less than me. Yeah, um, yeah. I make it uh, I make it third after um, Guardians of the Galaxy one and Black Panther. You didn't well, like Guardians have, either. At least we have one in common in our top uh, three. Guardians yeah. was too silly. Oh well. We'll save that for for our Guardians of the Galaxy podcast. Didn't care for those, didn't care for Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Having said all that, I think that we can agree, Chris, that the the very best example of the use of Endgame as a title uh, is in the Megadeth uh, studio album, Endgame. Uh, I will truck no more of your shenanigans and nonsense. Agree with me. I wouldn't think of disagreeing. I know that you have been a lifelong uh, Megadeth fan. Fan and uh, have uh, have lyrics uh, to several of their songs tattooed on your body. That's correct. That is not correct. Not at all. Now we don't know what people will think. But I was. It should take all of three seconds song. to realize that can't be true about me. Yeah. Um, folks, uh, you know, a, a little bit of silliness here at the end, but uh, you know, we we have we have essentially now concluded the master narrative. And what we're going to do over the next two episodes is essentially reflect on it. So that Mm -hmm. should give us an opportunity to bring some of our uh, deeper critical lenses to bear on the show with the narrative, the characters, and how they're strung together and where they stand at the end of uh, next week's episode. Mm 
then onward to deconstruction and then onward to season five where we right. get uh, uh, we get to reopen some questions and consider some new ones. So there Sounds it is. Good. Until okay. next time, huh? All right. Okay, mate. Cheers. See you then. Bye. Bye.